that, let's give the Lord a hand and praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, we are not going to waste much time this morning. I just want us to just get uh, into it. I'll give you the title of the message just now. But I just want to say to you this morning, a study by Duke uh, University, uh, somewhere in the northern hemisphere, uh, they found out the following, that 40% of the actions people perform daily are not the decisions people make, but they are basically habits. I am going to repeat myself. A study by Duke University found out that approximately 40% of the actions or the activities people perform daily are not the decisions people make, but are basically habits. What the study is saying, what people do or decide on on a daily basis, it's actually not decisions, but habits. So 40% of what you do on a daily basis, you don't even think about it, it's just a habit. Hallelujah. Amen. So I just want to continue on that thought of habits. I want just to continue on the theme of habits. Hallelujah. Don't worry, we are not here uh, to talk about academia and talk about research. But I thought I might just tell you that even people who are not in church are aware that habits are there and we we do habits on a daily basis, whether we like it or not. Amen. The sooner you become aware of the fact and the sooner you attend to the negative habits and the sooner you attend to the positive habit, the better it will be for you. Hallelujah and amen. And uh, just to copy from Brother Cabello here, a wise man once said, hallelujah, their life in those online uh, you don't know what I'm saying, but don't worry. Hallelujah. We have a brother here in this church. He always says, a wise man said, including Jesus, when you could hear literally these words are from Christ, he goes like a wise man once said. Hallelujah. Even when it's me, quoting me, I'm called the wise man. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I've explained why they are laughing. Hallelujah. So, a wise man once said, people do not decide their future. They decide their habits. Their habits decide their future. And that's what the wise man said. I wish if I could tell you who's this wise man, I have him. <laughs> but I think it, let's leave it as a wise man. Amen. It's when we are not comfortable about uh, the person who made the statement, especially in a church environment. We just say it's a wise man. Hallelujah. In case his other beliefs are not in line with the word of God. Hallelujah. So we call him the wise man. Hallelujah. So this morning, allow me to introduce the ultimate habit, the mother of all habits. This is the habit that will most certainly alter the direction of your life. This is a habit that will definitely influence your destiny. And this is the habit that you need to take seriously. Hallelujah. And this is the habit that you might want to cultivate after this sermon. Hallelujah. And it's one way. It is rest less. 
Yes, it is a habit also. Hallelujah. Restless. Amen. I'm going to go to scriptures. Amen. Before you say we are a new age church. Hallelujah. We are just trying to lay a foundation. Hallelujah. Just give me the chance to do that. Amen. Say amen if you are giving me the chance to do that. Hallelujah. And online, don't uh, be afraid to interact. Do shout amen and do whatever you need uh, to do. There are people who will chat with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that you don't miss out on the actual service. Amen. You decided to embrace digital technology. So talk to us, say amen, and God bless you as you do that. So yeah, restless, that's a habit, and I'm going to just show you, hallelujah, but I need to define it first. Restless has to do with no physical or emotional rest. In other words, involving physical activity or motion. So when you are restless, you don't rest emotionally or physically, and this will involve physical activity and, emo uh, and motions, hallelujah. In other words, movement, okay? Are we together? So that's the definition that I like to put on the table regarding restless, amen. And uh, this is what I'm going to talk about today. The art of the habit of restlessness. Amen. I didn't twist my tongue there, right? Amen. The art of the habit of restlessness. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes some habits are more of an art. Hallelujah. So in other words, these habits, they are more of a skill. It's something that is acquired. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some things that you do that they come naturally, but this one you need to develop uh, the skill. You need to develop this one. So it is an art. Yet it is an habit and it's called restlessness. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And here I'm not encouraging that other uh, uh, issue of being uh, suffering from that uh, sickness of not sleeping at night. I'm not talking about that. Give me time to show you what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to listen to the whole message to get the point. Hallelujah. Genesis 27 verse 40. Genesis 27 verse 40. It reads as follow, but your word you shall, no sorry, by your sword you shall live. By your sword you shall live and you shall save your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Father, in Jesus' name, bless and anoint your weight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand and pray so far. Amen. We are doing well. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Here's a wonderful scripture here. It says, by your own sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. A destiny is determined already according to the scripture. But the next verse says, but when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. In other words, the day you become restless, you won't have to serve your brother. So, in life, you need to understand that there might be a predetermined destiny for you because of circumstances. But it does not mean that's how things should end 
in your life. You have to become restless and change or alter your destiny and have the destiny of God. Hallelujah. Are we still together? Do you understand? So I'm aware that some of you, you did not get the right cards. But when you become restless, you can effectively use the very same cards to achieve something of significance. The Bible says you will serve your brother, but when you are restless, you won't have to serve. It meaning it is your responsibility to become whatever that God has ordained you to be. You will continue being an employee until you become restless. You can continue being poor until you become restless. You can continue to be sick until you become restless. You can continue being uneducated until you become restless. Another wise man who's the greatest investor that has ever lived, he's still alive, he's in his 80s. This wise man says, this is the key out of poverty. If you want to be wealthy as I am, I think he's among the top two or top three. It's always changing the list, you know. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's one of those, hallelujah, but he has been number one for many, 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 many years. And he says, poor people need to learn that if they want to be successful, they must become restless. It's not only the Bible saying that. It's not only the man of God saying that. Even people who are not saved, who have made it in life, they know that is the key. You must become restless. In other ways, you must not get comfortable in situations that you're not meant to be comfortable in. So the problem with people who are struggling with certain issues in life is that they have become comfortable in situations that don't require them to be comfortable. In other words, they have built monuments in temporary spaces. It is a temporary situation, but you have already put in a couch. I've already said before, or I've preached about this before, you find somebody putting a DSTV in a rented place whereby you should be passing. There's no need to even put the dish there because you are passing by. Don't make it comfortable because it's not supposed to be comfortable. You must be passing by. You must be restless. Hallelujah. I mean, there is no point, hallelujah, with all respect, with all care, with all love. I don't see the point why you should put a dining room suit and a big bed in a shack. You're supposed to be passing by. Don't make it comfortable. Be restless because as soon as you make a garden and everything and become comfortable, you will die in that shack. And I don't think that is God's best for you. Hallelujah. Who hears what I'm trying to say? Amen. I mean, I come from a background whereby you have youngsters buying their first uh, city golf, for example, good cars, great cars, but I don't think that is God's best for you. That thing does not have proper airbags. It is not safe. So I don't see why you should spend 20,000 rands buying rims to make it look cool. It is not supposed to look cool. It's supposed to get you started. So be restless. Don't be comfortable in something that is not meant to be comfortable. Hallelujah. It's just to get you started. Hallelujah. Students who are in university, you need to understand your dormitory room is supposed to be for a student. If there's a desk there and a bed, that's good enough. Everything else, not important because you are passing by. 
four years down the line, you'll have forgotten that it was uncomfortable. So the point I'm trying to say, you have to be restless. Don't make temporary situation to be permanent by building monuments. Be restless and be hungry for more. And I can tell you now, there is more from God. Hallelujah. Amen. And by the way, that's not what I'm talking about. I'll be talking about prayer, young. Amen. Hallelujah. All I'm trying to say, the Word of God is showing us that you can alter any situation in your life when you become restless. And those who have done well already in this life, they have confirmed that the key to becoming whatever God has ordained you to be is to be restless. Don't find yourself being comfortable. Be active. Do, do, do something about the situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I like these guys who have what we so-call the entrepreneurial spirit. You should see them, how they move from one conference to the other, how they want to talk to the president if he's in the conference, how they want to talk to Investor X. They just... When they are working on the computer, they are on the phone. They just want to get it done. They just want to get it right because they are restless. They are not comfortable in their situation. Are you with me? Amen. And that's not what we are really discussing. Amen. It's just to start the message. Amen. So Esau will serve his brother. However, that can change when he becomes restless. It can change. But if he doesn't become restless, what, you know what it means. It will remain as is. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 52, verse 2. Let's read. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. There you go. Let's read again. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. I rest my case. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Your responsibility. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Listen to the next line. Lose the bonds from your neck. Lose the bonds from your neck. The scripture that we read, or rather the preceding scripture to this that we read, it says, you shall break his yoke from, the neck, from your neck. This one says, lose the bonds from your neck. O captive daughter of Zion. In other words, God knows where you are already. But he says, you have it within you to unlock the potential that he has stored in you. Amen. In other words, it is your personal responsibility to arise and to lose the yoke of bondage. In other words, whatever that's limiting you, it is your responsibility to lose it. Hallelujah. Those who are into intercessory prayers, they'll tell you, we lose, we lose in Jesus' name. Lose in Jesus' name. We lose in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And they go on for hours and hours. I just pray that they can just say something, not just, we lose. They should say, I lose this and that and that in Jesus' name. But they just say, loosen, loosen. Hallelujah. We had one brother in our church back many years ago. We used to call him loosen. Amen. When you start praying, just go, loosen, 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 loosen. Hallelujah. And, uh, and that was wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
But it is your responsibility to loosen whatever that is binding you. Amen. Especially when you are in the house of the Lord. Especially when you now know the truth, it is your responsibility. We once preached a message during the hard lockdown uh, earlier in the year where we said personal responsibility. I will encourage you, find it, listen to that. It will bless you and it will help you. Amen. Even though I'm not talking about personal responsibility, I thought I might just tell you there is a dedicated message on personal responsibility. That it is not other people's responsibility to change your, uh, your destiny, but it is your own responsibility. God gave it to you. He has given you the authority. He has given you the legal right. And he has given you the power, which is the ability. So God won't expect you to do what he has not empowered you to do and what he has not authorized you to do. So in other words, you are authorized and empowered to become what God has called you to be. But your responsibility. Amen. And if you take what I just said seriously, this thing of the prophetic nonsense movement from hell will stop. We'll have the genuine, true prophetic movement. Hallelujah. Because you're not supposed to be following people who are making you irresponsible and dependent on them. There's not a single verse that says we must depend on another person. In fact, Kest is a man who puts his trust on another man. That's what the Bible teaches. So you are cursed when you are putting your trust on some of these silly prophets. I have to call them that. Hallelujah. You have to come to the realization that God has given you the right, the legal right, and the power, or rather the ability to become everything he has called you to be. And you need somebody to challenge you and to teach you that. Hallelujah. And now let me show you how to do that. Hallelujah. And I hope you will be blessed. And I believe in the prophets of God. I believe in genuine prophets of God. People who prophesy for real, not people who are playing with people's lives. Before you say, I, don't, I believe in prophets, hallelujah. And how much I pray that I, I could be one, actually, hallelujah. It's so nice if you stand and say, God said, Corona will be gone, Corona past three, and it happened. It will be so nice, hallelujah, amen, amen. All these dodgy ones, I mean, they know cell phone numbers, but they don't know when corona is coming and when it's going. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. And pray for them to repent and to come to the ways of God once more again. Amen. And maybe I must challenge the church and anyone who's a believer listening online. We must pray for South Africa not to be a haven of crooks behind pulpit. It is our responsibility as a church to pray for that. Amen. It is. Amen. These things are happening because the church of Jesus Christ in South Africa is passive. It's very passive. We have to stand up on our two feet and say, this is not going to ever happen again. We refuse in Jesus' name. Only legitimate men of God will come into this country and preach. Anything that's dodged must never even make his foot there by Artambo or whatever airport. We must pray. Amen. If you don't take authority, people will come in as whenever they want and do whatever they want and live whenever they want. And of course, with your money. Amen. That was not the sermon. But I thought I might just say that. Amen. And let's continue. Hallelujah. So now, how do you do this? How do you become restless? 
Let me show you. Prayer is the strategy that God put in place for all to use. The emphasis here is all, not some. God has placed one of the finest strategies in the world called prayer. And it is meant for all to use, not some. So meaning everybody sitting here and everybody listening to me wherever you are right now, I can tell you now that God has given you that strategy to pray. Hallelujah. It is not a specific calling. Everyone can pray. It is for all to use, not some. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? So prayer is the answer that God has put for us. We have to be restless in our prayer. We must never rest when it comes to prayer. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about a restless prophet just to support what I am saying. Hallelujah. Or to demonstrate the strategy that God has put in place. Amen. I'll call him a restless prophet. Hallelujah. You won't find a heading like that in the Bible. It's my understanding that he is a restless prophet. Hallelujah. And I want you to be a restless Christian by the time we finish the service. Hallelujah. Somebody who's determined to see things happen in their lives. When you read 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll just read it quickly. Amen. It says, now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. And if you have your Bible open, underline the following. There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Emphasis, Elijah stands, he says, I'm standing here as a prophet of the Lord. I'm saying it's not going to rain from this point onwards. It says, until I say so. Mark that, make a note, okay, write it down, and let's continue. First Kings chapter 18, verse 1. After many days, right, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, three years later, saying, go show yourself to Ahab. And I will send rain upon the earth. First instant is that it is not going to rain until I say so because God has sent me, right? Now God says to this very same prophet, go to the same person you prophesied that it is going to rain. This is three years later. I will send rain upon the, uh, uh, upon the earth, right? You got it, ne? Two things. Let's go to the third one. First Kings... 18, 41 to 45 is quite a lot, but be patient because you need to get the principles. Amen. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. I'm seeing something now here. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Underline that one. He bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And he said, go again. 
Seven times he sent him. And at the seventh time he said, Behold, I see a cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you once more again for blessing all these verses that we have read. And thank you for blessing the words we are going to say from this point onwards in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. I showed you what you need to look at. Now, can I tell you more about the story? I just read the verses so that I bring you up to speed in case you don't know the scriptures. Hallelujah. I know some of you, you know, but I thought we should read so that we are on one page. Hallelujah. The first thing that you need to maybe write now is that Elijah was a man like us, right? With emotions, with feelings, with all kinds of things just like me and you. Hallelujah. But yet he prayed fervently for it to rain again. That is James chapter 5, verse 17. The pastor A paraphrase. Hallelujah. Amen. You got it, ne? So go to James chapter 5, verse 17. You'll just find exactly what I said. Read it in the amplified version if you want to get what I just said. Hallelujah. So Elijah was just a human being like us. That's very encouraging. You know, there are certain things people do and you go like, I'll never do that. Hallelujah. Like some football players when they play, you go like, I, even if I practice and do my best, I will never become like that. You know, you understand. Ne? Here it's saying, no, this is something that you can also do. Are we together? Amen. Are you, are you with me? And I like this kind of things. Because then I know if I apply myself and do what is right, I can also achieve the same results. Hallelujah. It's not discouraged. Highly talented people are discouraged. Because you know there's no way you're going to be like them. Hallelujah. So I like ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things because I can also become just like them. They encourage me. Even the preachers I like, I like the ordinary ones who are doing extraordinary things because I know these ones, they pray and things happen. I like that. And maybe Lou and I, if you are looking for role model, look for ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. Don't look for extraordinary people doing ordinary things. Because to them, what you think is extraordinary is just ordinary. <laughs> if they apply themselves more, they'll do amazing things. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Like those who are students when you're at school, don't look for the most cleverest student. Look for the most hardworking student and befriend them. Because then you can work hard together and achieve great things together. The most clever students, they're always playing around. I mean, they know they've got it. Hallelujah. They just need 10 minutes to prepare and then they are passing. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. Okay, let's leave that. That was not the message. Hallelujah. So now, from this story, Sir Elijah, what I have learned. It, it is that Elijah said, at my word, it is not going to rain. And then later on, God says to Elijah, three years later, go and tell Ahab it's going to rain. That's a promise from God. He prophesied that it's not going to rain. 
for three years. And when the three years had expired, God reminds him that the time has expired. It's time for the manifestation, okay, of the rain. He says, go tell, go make an announcement that it is going to rain. And he does that. But after he has done that, he does something amazing. Of course, there's a lot that happened in between the fire and what, what. I'm not talking about that. But after that, uh, this gentleman, Elijah, he goes to Mount Carmel to pray. Why? He said, at my word, it won't rain. Meaning, until he says something, nothing's going to happen. So all that was required from him was to say something that rain come. Right? You agree with me? God said the rain is about to come, but he doesn't wait for it to come. He goes to Mount Carmel to pray. He says, I feel or I see signs of rain, a sound of a mighty rain. He doesn't fold his hands and say, let me see. He goes to Mount Carmel to pray. Right there, there are principles. That whatsoever that God has promised you in his weight, whatsoever that was prophesied upon your life, it is still your responsibility to make sure that it manifests in the natural. There are so many promises in the word of God regarding your life. They will never manifest until you do something about it. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to say here this morning, Elijah was supposed to just relax and say, I have got it. But guess what? He didn't do that. He took responsibility. And what did he do? He went to pray. What a strategy. When God said, I'll make you a leader in the nation, when God has said, I'll make you a leader in company X. When God said, I'm going to make you a top business person. When God has said, I will make you whatsoever. You don't have to fold your hands and wait for things to happen. When the promise of God has went out on your behalf, it is time to pray. In other words, when there is a promise regarding something in your life, what it means is time for prayer. Miss Call, let me repeat. When it has become clear and evident that God wants you in a certain place or wants you to be doing a certain thing, it means you have to pray. Why should I pray for the church to grow? Why should I pray for your spiritual growth? Why should I pray for provision for this church? Before I even talk about my personal life, it's supposed to be God's church. You know why I have to do that? Because I have got the promise. It's now clear that God is going to do that, but it is my responsibility to release the promise of God. And therefore, I am required to pray now. Listen to this. The greater the promise is, the greater you have to pray. Or rather, the more you have to pray. Big promises from God, more praying is required from you. You don't pray, it is not going to happen. Go ask people like Daniel when you read Daniel chapter 9. These are people who prayed and they were told that, no, this thing is going to take uh, 70 years and etc. But they have to make sure that when the 70 years expires, those things manifest. 
And later on, I think when you read chapter 10 or somewhere there, an angel comes to him. He says, you know what? Uh, something had happened in the spiritual realm. Your prayers were answered the first day. In other words, the promise was released uh, the first day you prayed. But this is what happened. There was a prince, I think the prince of Persia. He had stopped uh, the other angel and I had to go and help the angel. Now I have come to give you the answer. In other words, there is a law that has been released on your behalf, but the enemy has stolen it already. It is your responsibility to get into a prayer mode and fight for what is yours. Some of you, your health has been released. You have to stand up in your own two feet and grab your health. And the way you do it, you do it through prayer. If you don't pray, it means you might die sick. If you don't pray, you might die poor because God has already made you successful. The Bible says, I have plans to prosper you. So why aren't you prospering? Maybe the problem is you are not restless enough. If you are restless enough, you won't sleep too much. You will pray too much. And I'm here to encourage you. There is so much for you in the kingdom of God. And where? Now you must go and have it. And the strategy God has given you is prayer. Just pray with me. Just raise your hand. Say, dear Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. You are my Lord and Savior. I believe you came, you died, and you rose again. You are my Savior. I am saved, I am born again, I am qualified to pray. I do have access into your presence by your grace. I have the faith and I will exercise my right and the privilege to pray. I will pray from today. I am making this commitment. I am a prayerful person. I pray at all times, in all situations. I pray. When I am in trouble, I pray. When I'm happy, I praise you. When I am sick, I pray together with my church. I will always pray because this is the weapon you have given unto me. And I thank you that you always answer prayer that is made in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.